Bonjour, everybody. This is Philip. I'm uh, live from Paris, uh, currently staking out Rafael Nadal's hotel room. I actually live right across the street from where he's staying. I'm here with uh, mes amis, uh, Peter and Mark. Bonjour. And uh, one thing we were considering is, okay, imagine we are top 50 tennis players in the Roland Garros round of 32. Uh Mark, is there something that you do on court that would really just annoy the French fans or just uh, allow them to to have scorn towards you? Because you know they love that. Mm. You're okay, saying... I'll, I'll, I'll go first with that. So I actually have two, one of which is a surefire they would like me less. But then the second one... They might actually like me more for it. I'm not actually sure. The first one is that for the coin toss, I would, I would uh, mistakenly say uh, bonjour instead of bon oui if my match started after 5 p.m. <laughs> they, would, they would just hate that. But um, the thing that I used to do, uh, I guess before the age of like 19 or 20, uh, for underwear on court, I would never have it. I wouldn't have spandex. I would have like boxers, and so mm -hmm. like um, sometimes I'd be you know flapping around a little bit down there, and I feel <laughs> like the, uh, the the French would not uh, appreciate that too much, or maybe they would. <laughs> well, I did. I did read that Agassi won his only French Open <laughs> without wearing underwear the entire time because he forgot it for the first match. <laughs> and being the superstitious guy he was, he decided to to free ball the entire tournament. But because I don't know, it, I guess it just depends on how well you match up against Agassi in, in that respect. <laughs> maybe that's better for your your tennis. Maybe underwear. Maybe maybe uh, men need to meet need to free the ball. Yeah, maybe when you're twisting your frame, it gives you that little bit something extra. Um. <laughs> If it's like flapping around, a little extra weight in your shot. Um, in mine, mine. And in uh, my case, a lot extra weight. Um, but who's <laughs> who's saying? Um, Mark, what about you? Yeah, it's a good question. I actually think the French fans would like me a lot because uh, my French is at least better than Jim Courier, who I, I remember did his victory speech in French. And he said, Puy and d'abord pretty much every other word. So he was giving like a list of seven or eight things that he was grateful for. But he said Dabor like three or four times. So I think I would get, you know, the prochain. I think I might get my transitions a little better. But one thing they wouldn't like is that I, I, uh, I do have this tendency, I guess I think I'm Roger Federer out there. Um, pretty much the only thing that I have in common with, with Roger Federer is that I play tennis, but I, I like to fix my hair between points. But they seem to be, if, when I watch the French tennis players, they seem to be very hair gel um, savvy, and I'm not. Most yeah. of the time, I usually just use mayonnaise or occasionally some residual <laughs> soap I put it in my hair. So I think that they would notice, one, that my hair is not really that well coiffed, and two, the gel that I use is not typiquement français. So I think that they, they would have a tough time. There would become a bit of a hairy issue after a while with the French fans. So with Benoit Paire, he definitely uses the right um, gels and equipment. Uh, do you think, though, do you think his uh, his shampoo 
flavor is do you think he he washes his hair with a uh, pear flavored shampoo <laughs> you know, I, 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 he probably borrows the shampoo from his au pair, and I would say whatever it is, it's very paired for the course. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, I'll just kind of leave it at that. Okay. I hope, I hope that I hope that helped answer the question a little bit. Well, well, for me, uh, one thing I do uh, is on changeovers, I. When sitting in my seat, I do not cross my legs, and I think uh, the French would consider me to not be um, to be a little overly masculine. Um, yeah, they would be they would be um, a little bit miffed by that. Um, and another thing is, uh, while not crossing my legs, I'm also not smoking a cigarette. Um, mm. Yeah, and I just think they would not approve of my um, changeover routine. I also get the feeling that neither of you are big Perrier guzzlers uh, during changeovers as well. I bet Benoit Perrier is, though. Am I, am I under, understating your, your drink taste there? What? Oh, I, I love Perrier. Um, okay, okay. So but, but yeah, I've never, I've never tried it in match, though. Have you? Yes. I actually have. Yeah, I was playing with my grandfather. Playing against my grandfather, but I did have some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and also, uh, yeah. So uh, Perrier, you know, it's fizzy, um, but you know, if it lasts too long, the bubbles no longer are there, and that sort of seems like a good uh, way of talking about Grigor Dimitrov's Grand Slam results in the last year. Um, <laughs> Because he's run into the same person uh, in three out of the four majors, and uh, and he just couldn't keep the bubbles uh, rising. Are you? Let me, I don't mean to do much of a stretch. Are, we, are you insinuating some type of Inspector Javert and Jean Valjean type of scenario here? Where <laughs> sort of can't, I mean, is that is that is that too much of a stretch to kind of use this? metaphor that i think you're hinting at oh yeah yeah definitely that's um exactly what i was going for i'm gonna have to wikipedia those names but let's just say that's what i was going Some for names. yeah yeah <laughs> and, uh, can never escape inspector javert so yeah um so and one question that we were pondering is there peter has there ever been just one person in your way the way stan wawrinka has been in the way of grigor dimitrov like uh, so in the Wimbledon, Stan beat Grigor in the round of 128, first round. Same thing happened in the U.S. Open, and then it happened again in the third round at the French Open. Uh, basically, Grigor Dimitrov, the reason he's not uh, top 32 in the world at the moment is because of this one person who was just... Because he was injured for a while, his ranking was deflated, and he just got luck unlucky and had to play this guy early in majors uh, three out of four times. Yeah, so um, it made, those results made me think of just I guess in the past guys have been in my way in the squash in the squash world, um, but I mean same same's true with everyone. It's it's not like. It's not like I ran into the same person like every tournament, um, but I think um, I think the best example I've seen 
or the one that just stands out the most to me, uh, what that didn't really apply to me. It was just um, in the year above us in high school, there were three extremely smart uh, valedictorian caliber um, uh, students. And with one that was clearly better than the other two. And um, it was the sort of thing where both of the, the, the numbers two and three must have just really been thinking, God damn it. Like, what if this other guy just didn't exist? I would, I would have such – my trophy case would be so much more decorated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember those guys. Um, I guess my example doesn't include people. I would I, – my example comes from, like, just browsing the shelves in the uh, grocery store. Um, I'm a, I, I really like granola in the morning, but I don't <laughs> like raisins in my granola. And it's oftentimes difficult to just find a bag of granola without raisins in it. Um, and that happened to me earlier. It's just this one ingredient is just getting in the way. Hmm. Yeah. I, th- I feel like we all, we all have that kind of thing. For the past few years, I haven't really been crazy about mushrooms, and so I'll see mushrooms on the menu <laughs> and feel like, D- darn, just if this dish didn't have the mushrooms in it. Yeah, yeah just to keep the food analogy. I'm like that with olives. It's whether it's a salad. Um, it's usually some, something I get at like a Mediterranean restaurant. I'm just having the most delicious, delicious falafel sandwich. I like literally... Um, sort of dislocate my jaw on purpose so I can ingest it like a snake and then all of a sudden <laughs> I just get that, have that one bite and it's got, if it's not the olive taste, it's the olive smell if it's not the olive smell it's my wife has just had olives and I'm like really in the mood to kiss her and she just does the olive taste I, just, I can't get away from those olives and I, I love the <laughs> olive oil, but the olives themselves just, they really I mean, they they really yeah, just the eclipse my son. I, I love olives, actually. Um, so I'll oh, take I'll take all of yours. Get it, all yeah, of yours. all of yours. <laughs> you can have olives. Yeah, have, yeah. I'll have, have all of your olives. <laughs> yeah. My only other my only other example is that when I was, you know, in my formative baseball cheering years, which were the, my twenties and thirties was that Derek Jeter was just always ruined every single <laughs> yeah. game that the Red Sox needed to win. You know, he would always just show up. Or even if the Yankees were playing against somebody else, he'd always come up with the big hit or the big catch. Or a lot of the, the women that I was chasing, he'd end up nabbing those. <laughs> and then the one time I wanted to cheer for him, which is when he took helped take over the Marlins down here, he immediately just sabotaged any chance they had a victory by trading away all their good players. So no matter whether I'm, I'm cheering against him or cheering for him, he'll always produce the opposite result. This is actually a really good segue into um, our uh, advertisement. Uh, the Doubles Alley, we're moving up in the world, and we have paid sponsors now. And this episode of the Doubles Alley is brought to you by the Shimmer Shaft, uh, a vibrating tennis racket um, shaft. Uh, Patrick Rafter, Mark Philippoussis, Tommy Haas, tennis players can really get you in the mood. Introducing <laughs> the Shimmer Shaft. For those times at the court, you really can't contain yourself. Let first service yourself over and over again. For those who win the coin toss and choose to receive, the Shimmer Shaft. 
All right, guys. So we're uh, t- <laughs> we're talking about the French Open now. Um, is, it, is that is that product ever back ordered? <laughs> I think it's always back ordered. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So let's let's for the so which of the players remaining is most likely to use a shimmer shaft. Buy it because his matches go so long that a significant other will want to use the shimmer shot. <laughs> it looks like Stan right now. Stan or Nishikori, I would say. Yeah. Would be the most like they're going to want to invest in one, uh, particularly if their their significant others are courtside. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that would be my recommendation. So so we're at the quarterfinals for half the draw and the round of 16 for the t- upper half. So in the in the bottom half we've got uh Federer versus Stan and then uh Nadal versus either Pair or Nishikori, probably Nishikori. And then there are some juicy matches tomorrow. Um Mark, I know you have a take on the uh Sfera versus Fognini match. Um what are you thinking? Yeah, well, you know, I, 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 I don't want to speak for you guys, but I'm just happy that I picked, first of all, I picked I picked Fognini to make the round of 16, and I also picked him to make the round of 8. Although I didn't, in my, in my uh, pick him draw, um, I didn't, I don't think I had Zverev. I probably had him, I had him losing in the first round to, uh, to Milman. But, but Zverev <laughs> played well. I give him credit. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going to pick Fognini. I'm going to pick Fognini in three or four. I don't think it'll go five. If it goes five, I'll actually pick Zverev. But Fognini has been, uh, you know, he's 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 been on a Fognini. Um, he's really had the Joker since since Monte Carlo. Uh, he's been on I, a I Fognini. Think, it can't be his clothing. I will say that the French fans are really not digging his clothing sponsor. They're, my guess is. For that reason alone, they'll probably cheer for Zverev. But uh, these are these I are forgot, actually probably the two least liked players uh, in the locker room. That's another one because yeah. So wait, if you're in the locker wait, room, so, so Fognini's not well liked in the locker room. That's what Mark said. Yeah, he's not, but it may be for other reasons. It may be for reasons, uh, shimmer shafty reasons, okay. etc. So it, it may it may be a, a feeling of. of comparative insecurity i don't know is this one of these like situations for the rest of the players in the locker room where it's like you know those matches where you're just like just if they could both win like the city past stand match it's like one of the opposites oh just if they could both lose (laughs) 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 yeah i i think um so i'm picking fognini fognini is on a roll and i think he's gonna give Joker, whomever he plays in the quarters, a tough time too. So if he does, if he plays team, I'm actually picking him maybe to make the semis. If he plays Joker, then I would pick him to lose in the quarters. Yeah, I think. Um, I think so. He's gonna play the winner of that match plays Joker, um, and I think uh, so. Sverev has had two five setters already, um, and I think in both of them he had won the first two sets, and then. Lost. I yeah. think he's like pretty mentally soft at the moment, and has also just played a little too much tennis up to this point. Um, that said, I think he gets past Fognini. Um, 
I don't know. I, there's no like real reason behind it other than I just think he'll get past Fognini. Um, <laughs> but then it's I think he's just going to get crushed by Djokovic. Peter, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I actually take Zverev. I think it's just like Fognini's had a good season so far, but uh, him beating Zverev and getting to the quarterfinals would be a little too consistent for Fognini. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I feel like it's finally time that Zverev, uh, like, do a little bit of, like, get to where he's supposed to get to in the, uh, in, in the, um, in the tournament. I think also that, I think, I think it, according to his live tennis rank, if he wins and gets to the quarters, he'll be ranked ahead of Sitsipas. And if he loses, he'll be ranked behind Sitsipas. And that'll be the first time um, in at least four years that Zverev will be ranked behind somebody younger than he is. And um, I think the young guys get really competitive with each other. And uh, that may be a little bit of extra motivation for him. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good little chip on the shoulder. Uh, what about the other big match tomorrow with uh, Del Potro versus Kachanov? No, I, I think Del Potro is So Peter's picking Del Potro, Mark's picking uh, Kachanov. Why are you picking Kachanov, Mark? I, I would think that Del Potro's trying to pace himself a little bit for Wimbledon. where I, I, and I know he made the semis of the French last year so he's got points to defend at both i just can't imagine his body he didn't doesn't strike me as somebody who can play three four long matches on clay you know in a in a, in a week 10 day span i just I can't imagine if his body's that healthy then more power to him but i just don't know if he's got i mean there's similar styles uh they, they both hit the crap out of the ball but i just i, I think it's more just a a little bit of uh, skepticism about Delpo's stamina on clay, consistent stamina on clay. Peter, what do you think? What's your rebuttal? My rebuttal is that Kachanov's had a very bad clay court season, and he's already overachieved in this tournament relative to how he's performed on clay this season. And um, Delpo is extremely good. He uh, made the semis of Roland Garros last year, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think that uh, he's also a seasoned Grand Slam veteran who is always a tough out. Um, I just don't know. And I, in terms of pacing himself, I don't know. I mean, these guys are very fit. Like, I, I feel like um, when you're that fit, um, if you ha unless you've done, like, unless you've gotten to, like, three finals in a row, or you've yeah, just man. been on some sort of bender like Djokovic or Nadal. Like, if not, if anything, he might actually be fresh. He might be mentally fresh. Um, so, all that together, I just think that uh, Kashinov won't have what it takes to take down Delpo. Yeah, I think Delpo wins as well. Uh, just because of what Mark was saying, I don't think Delpo gets the semis again. Um, but he also hasn't... Um, really been tested yet in the tournament like he's won all his matches very easily so i think he's got one like tough win in him 
and I think tomorrow's match will be a tough win. But then I don't think he can topple team after that. Well, uh, you may be right. All things being equal, Delco has the upper hand. Yeah, I think it's regardless. I think it's going to be a great, a great day of tennis. The French, you know, really kicks into high gear the second week, and as we know with Wimbledon, even more so than the Aussie Open and the U.S. Open, like the round of sixteen at Wimbledon and the French Open is always as good a day of tennis as, as you'll see in the sport. So I think, I think tomorrow, even more so than today, will be a good example of that. Yeah, today's tennis was incredible um, with Wawrinka and Tsitsipas. Um, I watched a lot of it, and uh, I was just impressed by both of them. They're two of the mentally toughest players on tour. Uh, it's sort of a shame that they had to like collide this early, though, because I cannot imagine Stan has like a win over Federer in him now. Just because of the fitness, like of the, of the miles he had to run today. Federer, I don't think he'd be Federer anyway. Dude, Federer has not broken a sweat all tournament. He hasn't <laughs> lost a set. Yeah, and then that—that'll be a li- maybe our next question of the podcast is what is it about? Maybe maybe we'll stick that on pause for a few minutes. Is, is the team match or the Joker match tomorrow? Do those pose any challenges to either of them? Uh no, those guys are gonna get through. Um, I I'm so confident that I forget who both of them play. Um, I'll look it up one second. So team, so uh, Joker plays Jan Leonard Struff, who beat Chorich eleven nine in the fifth yesterday. So the guy's like around further than he's ever been and extremely <laughs> tired. Won't be able to walk. And uh, team plays Monfils, who's actually had a really good season. So actually, okay, so that, that, that may be the match of the day. Yeah, that has an uh, that has upset potential. Anybody call the upset on that? Uh, no. Are you going to? I won't, but Nick Peter might. Uh, no, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Yeah, so. I, I just so what? So who are you? Who do you guys think? What do you? What do you guys have as your semifinals? Originally, or based on the recalibration? Based, based on, on the, from this point forward, based on what you've seen. Yeah, I guess it's good. Well, um, I'm going to go with top four. Yeah, me Straight too. Straight up top four. As bland as that may sound. Yeah, I think it really gets interesting. Like, I think actually this tournament, a lot of tournaments, they get interesting like at the quarterfinals. This one like gets interesting at the semifinals, like uh, team versus Del Potro, t- team versus Djokovic, and uh, Nadal versus Federer. Like it can go, any permutation can happen once the semifinals uh, come along. Why is it that the big three extend? Is it just because it's three out of five? Is it because that sort of their you know, a professional tennis biorhythms. What is it about the big three <laughs> that, like, um, separates them from the pack? Uh, I'm assuming one of the big three has been in a Grand Slam final probably the last 20 and maybe 58 of the last 60 or 58 of the last 62, give or take. What is it about them that, that separates them from the pack? Not most of the Grand Slams, but every- 
Yeah, just like how solid they are. Like, I don't know, Peter. What do you think? I mean, it it's just like it's not the. I feel like we've discussed this in a lot of different ways in the past. I just think they're just a level above. You know, you know when a person's a level above you on a on a court, no matter what the game is. You just sort of can't get the ball by them. Um, you, you're sort of off balance by their firepower. And um, these guys have reached the point in their careers where they've, while they do have that next level in them, that's a higher level than anyone else can get to, but they're old, so they're, they're conserving themselves. And so people like Mark, who predicted Rafa losing in the round of 16, uh, can get lulled into um, uh, forgetting that that level exists until you actually see it. And you're like, oh, shit, Grand Slam level time. Yeah. Yeah, Mark had uh, Guido Pella beating Nadal at Roland Garros. I guess, like, what that really was is just predicting a Nadal injury because those do happen. Um, yes, those do happen. Yeah. Wait, uh, is Mark on the call or, or I think uh, Mark uh Mark cut off. Um okay, because I just said that to try and get him to defend himself. Yeah. Um but it was indefensible. So maybe he cut <laughs> off on purpose. Um Yeah, so do we so Rafa do you have Rafa and Novak in this in the finals? Yeah. Yeah. And I have I have a bet with Gabe about that. I um, I I took Rafa and Novak against the field, and I gave him uh basically four to one odds, and um, I'm very confident in that bet. Yeah. Even though Rafa lost a set, Gofan was crushing people before that he played Rafa. Yeah. Do you so are are there people you have your eye on who might um disrupt that? Is there someone who you're just like, okay, if this person loses, I'm like much more uh, secure? Um, I kind of felt that way against with Sitsipas, but he was losing sets in earlier rounds too. Honestly, it's it's probably Federer. Like, um, and God, how much would that suck if Federer took down Nadal? <laughs> yeah, that would suck so much. At Roland Garros, a 38-year-old Roger Federer. Yeah. Yeah. That would suck. Just like the Federer fanatics would be just extra annoying. Yeah, and what would really be annoying is they would have sort of a reason. They would have, yeah. like, the cause on their side. Um, yeah. So we, we have... Uh, we really think... So in the finals, so you you have, who do you have winning? Uh, that's the tough one. I have Djokovic. I just like Djokovic's Nadal game is just so scary. It's like Djokovic gets just gets into this rhythm where he where there's just nothing Nadal can do, and it's just like a sad, slow, painful death. And uh, but just, Nadal did beat him in the finals of Rome. Yeah, but that didn't feel like Djokovic really had his A game and his like top level focus. I also think Djokovic had had a few tough matches 
prior, um, that, uh, that he, there's no guarantee that Djokovic will be significantly more compromised going into the final than Nadal would, and they'll have a day off in between. So, like, and also it's like, it's basically Djokovic has the extra motivation of it being a Grand Slam. Yeah, I guess I'll take Nadal then, because, uh, yeah, I think he he's just, uh, if Joker can take down Nadal in the French Open Finals to win a, uh, to secure, I guess, the Serena Slam, all four Grand Slams at once, like, that is the last frontier. Um, and I just don't think, uh, I think just Nadal's better at Roland Garros than Djokovic. A lot of it is weather dependent, and I've been looking at the weather um, for next week. Um, it's gonna so it's been kind of hot, um, I guess by Parisian standards. Um, there's gonna be a lot of rain this coming week though, and next Sunday it looks like a high of sixty nine, um, and that's a uh, that plays to Joker's favor, I think. Um, cooler conditions, um, ball won't bounce as high. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just going to still take the champion. Rafa, I'm just going to keep calling Rafa's number until someone beats him. Yeah. Like, he just crushed yeah, team fair. in the finals that's, last that's year. That's such a tough call. It's like, I would easily be saying Rafa in any, or in, I'd, sorry, I'd easily be saying Djokovic in any other match. Um, but... Like, even any other clay match, really. Um, but at Roland Garros, Rafa is a force. All right. There you have it, listeners. Um, Peter's picking Novak. I'm picking Rafa. And we think the draw is going to play out um, the way it was seeded. Um, thanks again for listening. Um, we are... You can come find us at Twitter. We are at the Doubles Alley Pod. Um, and uh, give us a five-star review if you've liked listening to us. Um, give us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, thanks, for, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll check back in when the tournament is over to give you our recaps.